As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, a.k.a. Sustainable Development Goals Number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As an aquaculture business owner, how do you tackle the balance in being profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Welcome to episode 6 of the Business of Aquaculture. This episode, we have Mr. Larson Mettler of S2GVentures.com. Maybe, Larson, you can give a little bit more background of who you are. I just know that normally I would read the bio of the person I'm interviewing, but it's so personal for me how I got to know you. And just to give our audience a little bit of background, I met Larson through the Global Aquaculture Alliance where he was a guest. And then I contacted him through LinkedIn, and he was so generous and very much appreciative that I reached out. Most high-level people at his position normally don't get back, but really appreciate that you are so very much friendly. So maybe give them a background of how you got into the aquaculture space. Sure. Thank you very much for, for having me. This is an honor to be here, and I'm happy to, to be talking to you today. My background started actually in investment banking out of school, and I started up a seafood-focused investment banking group. It was with KeyBank Capital Markets. We started the fund, or the, the group focused on Alaska shortly after Magnus and Stevens, where we saw there was going to be consolidation in the industry. And then our work spread across North America, Europe, and Asia over a period of about 12 years. That group's still running today by a gentleman named Tim Lennox. In 2014, I did a transaction for a salmon company called Silver Bay, who is a wild harvester processor up in Alaska with fishermen ownership. And we brought in Dong Wan and Sarkis and his minority partners. And then I joined the company two years later as an investor and as their CFO. And we continued to grow that model substantially throughout Alaska and the West Coast. You know, we're really focused on maximizing the value of the fish and making sure that the fishermen and their their interests are taken care of as well. So it's a great model. It's a win for everybody, well-managed resource and well-managed fishery. But I kept seeing Mother Nature throwing curveballs at us. As everyone knows, in southeast Alaska, the pink salmon runs have, have been in a dire state for a number of years now. Unfortunately, I believe it's, it's more of a, a longer-term systemic pattern due to ocean health. So, you know, you start looking at increasing ocean acidification, water temps, algae blooms, things like that. I thought that something needed to be done to 
really address the ecosystem to benefit both short-term and long-term fishermen and, and the environment. So S2G is a impact-first venture capital firm. They built quite a track record on the food and ag side, and they wanted to launch a ocean health and seafood fund that in, invests throughout the supply chain. So that's what we've done. Um, we're a $100 million fund. We're a long-term investor. It's a 15-year fund life, which started in January. So when we look at aquaculture, we really view that as a, as a main future of seafood production and protecting ocean health um, going forward. So big opportunities, and we're excited about you know, really the advancements in technology for promoting these businesses and scaling them. So, so that's how we met. Yeah, yeah, it's quite cool, actually. I know that for a fact that when we started talking to you about you guys are really focusing, especially with the new things that's coming on board in terms of aquaculture technology. And that's pretty exciting for everybody because there's quite a bit of comparison of what the agriculture industry has done compared to our space of aquaculture. So it's really exciting what's coming on board nowadays. So maybe you can give us a little bit of background of what you think are the pros and cons in the aquaculture industry at the moment. I personally don't believe there are too many cons to it. I just think that there are hurdles that are standing in the way to overcome. Those hurdles would include feed production, right? Obviously, people are focusing now a lot on alternative proteins for feed because they are based on a finite resource at this point. We think there's a lot in, in genetics and vaccines that'll be coming on board here shortly, as well as you know, more precision farming, like you said, kind of what people have been doing on, been doing on land for a long time and bringing it to the ocean. That would include you know, precision feeding systems, really having real-time management reporting, ERP systems installed, things that'll digitize a lot of this, save people costs, and be able to grow it quickly. And then there's also access to market, you know, finding a more efficient distribution system to the market and to the consumer to get the best value. So I don't think there are downsides to it. I just think there's hurdles and the benefits are substantial. You know, it's not just about getting food in people's mouths, but it's about promoting economies and communities. It's also about restoring ocean health. And it depends on, on what you're, you're farming. I mean, some of these can have some pretty substantial impact. So you start looking at species that, that clean the water, whether it's shellfish, if it's kelp, things like that, that are trapping carbon and promoting you know, more biodiversity and marine life is, is beneficial. I know for a fact that you guys are focusing too on aqua tech. And nowadays, there's these four techs that's happening, the education technology, green technology, I think, which we're all a part of, medical technology. And, of course, there's fintech as well. So maybe you can discuss some of the projects that you guys are going through um, recently along the same line. Sure. On the technology side, we're currently looking at five projects. The first is in fish meal and oil processing. So it's a unique IP and patented technology that produces fish meal and, and oil with no waste. So you're not dealing with stick water and things like that on the output. There is a satellite company that we have been looking at to battle illegal fishing. So it's you launch an array of satellites. You can track dark vessels when they turn off their AIS. There's a unique way that that's done, and it works through clouds and things like that, too. So we're excited about that component. We have a therapeutic. It's an RNA therapeutic for white spot syndrome in farm shrimp. 
that we're looking at. We're working with the company on AI and machine learning for feeding systems, uh, biomass growth, and health and stress analytics. And then we're also working with a novel solution for managing water quality, specifically dissolved oxygen levels in aquaculture. Those are a handful of them. That's amazing. Oh, I can't wait to have them come on board, especially the one on the security, because we're always having wanting to look about that, because as we know, poaching in fisheries and aquaculture has been rampant. So that will really change the game if we have this technology. So thank you for sharing all those. Yeah, that one's interesting, too, because you can buy the data from the company, right? They launch the satellites, you subscribe to it, you can pick it up. It finds a dark vessel, it assigns a unique identifier to it, and you can track it back to its port. You can track it to the places delivering its seafood to. So we're pretty excited about that. Sounds good. And I know you mentioned about hurdles instead of cons in the industry. Do you have any comment about the recent Netflix documentary on Seaspiracy? I know the actual interest. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I think that there were there are pros and cons to that that documentary. They brought up a lot of points that I think were valid, but maybe in very siloed sectors, and they spread that out to make it a broader implication of the entire universe, which I, I don't think was fair. I also don't agree with the solution to all of these being don't eat seafood, right? I agree that there are problems, but there are alternatives that folks are working on to address these and improve them. So that's the bad side of it. The good side of it is I think it gets people talking about these issues. So you can say, hey, maybe it wasn't put seafood in the best light, but I think it, it targeted a couple points that will have people talking, maybe bring more attention to it, both at the consumer level, at the government level, and maybe at the investor level, too, and in deploying capital and funding some of these projects. Sounds good. Yes. Awareness is always good when people become aware of how there's that problem, but there's also different solutions, not just one. I think that's the biggest message with that. I'm going to give a little bit of background of S2G. I know you mentioned quite a bit already, but I really love what I see when you guys put it out there, especially in your, I guess, collateral materials that S2G Ventures believe a healthier food system is the under-recognized solution to critical global challenges like climate change, healthcare, and nutrition. Food should be produced in a way that considers human and environmental health just as much as taste and profit. And they back trailblazing entrepreneurs with the big ideas to help make that dream a reality. Together, they are harnessing the power of food innovation to create better outcomes for people and the planet. It's just, I guess, a statement on how you guys work. And is there like a background on how this come about? And I'm asking this question because there's probably a really good story behind that. All those really good statements. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I will say, first of all, that was written by one of our talented people, probably in marketing. <laughs> um, so I cannot replicate it as eloquently as that. I think it's just come from the, the long-term patterns that we've seen in the food systems, right? There's There's been corporations that have been focused more on profit than they have on, on health. And, you know, I think the background is, is really just observing that. The, the healthy, it seems like Mother Nature will take care of itself, right? Mother Nature is, it provides us with a lot of tools that we need, and we need to work in concert with it. It provides so many solutions that people 
are taking and reprocessing and it's not being done in a healthy or the right manner. And there's a tremendous amount of food waste as well. And we think that it's also created kind of these food deserts and disparity across the cross system. So anything that we can do really to manage the growing population, meet the needs of the healthy food system and healthcare all at the same time is, is necessary. You know, I don't think that there is a, a unique distinct background of an event triggering it, but it really has been the longer term trends that, that the company has been noticing and its LPs. Sounds great. And my last question, which is a good segue from what you just said, is what are you seeing the top three trends that's going to happen in the industry in the next 10 years? Good question on, on the trends, and, and it depends how far we dive down into them. But I believe we're going to see a, a tremendous uptake in, in seaweed aquaculture. I think that people will start looking at the benefits of, of what those do for marine ecosystems and also for the climate in general. Hopefully we do get a blue carbon credit system set up and people can be rewarded for that. I think that's a, a wonderful way to take care of the environment for the earth. So that will be a big focus. I believe that cultivated meat will also be a big focus. You know, it's, it's a different way of production that makes sense, but currently it's just very cost prohibitive to do at scale. So I think that'll develop over the next 10 years and start to take a good market share of seafood in general. And then, like you said before, I think precision aquaculture will certainly be a component of that. And that'll be driven by the food tech side, the understanding of the ocean better. So more of like a data and IoT side where you have better weather predictions in the ocean. You understand, you know, where to select sites, really driving down into that. It's the same way that we do on land as well as the actual production part. So they're Probably the top three. I'm sure there's a lot that I'm not thinking about them. There's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you. My biggest takeaway from this episode is when you were talking about working in concert with Mother Nature. I think we forget how powerful Mother Nature is. And so go with the force, as they say. It's very true. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks again, Larson. For the next episode, we'll have Mr. Brian Takeda of Archonomics, who will talk to us about sustainable urchin aquaculture. Thanks again, Larson. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues, and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.